Morning team, hold the front page. Old woman gets married. Old woman gets married. Jordan's got married in Las Vegas to uh, Nancy boy cage fighter Alex. And apparently it's not, they're very keen to point out, and I'm keen to point out to you, it's not for any lucrative deal with a magazine. It's because they're deeply in love. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick. But I won't be, because after the news we've got more stories like that from the papers, your texts and emails, Steve Hargrave with the music, and um, other things as well. Okay, coming up next. We've got colds. Anthony's got Anthony's got a bit of a little bit of a, a throat. Jim Diamond, who was reading earlier on, he had a he had a, a cold yesterday and sneezed. And Anthony said, "I think I, I, I was going to pick that up." And then I said, "I said, but I thought I went home yesterday feeling a little bit. You know, when you feel, you don't feel a tissue, a tissue kind of stuff. You just feel a little bit shivery. And when you get a bit shivery and you get to a certain age, you think, you know, I could, some of those fleecy blankets look quite nice. They advertise on the television. I could happily sit in front of the television in a fleecy blanket." And in fact, the one thing I do like doing is lying on the settee with a cushion on my tummy. Don't ask me why, but there's something about a cushion on your tummy that, that kind of solves all the problems. My feet get a bit cold, but apart from that, the cushion on the tummy does it for me every time. And then Jim phoned me yesterday and said, oh, I've got this cold. What were those tablets? And I said, Benelin day and night. So he went to buy them. And then Anthony said he, he tried some Vicks. Uh, Sinex type spray. It wasn't big Sinex, but it was something else where they guarantee it's going to stop it. Because the worst thing in this business is, it, 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 there's no problem getting a cold. It's just that if it's that bad and you don't come to work, you don't earn any money. So it's not like anybody else who can sit there and probably do their job. Go, you can't do it in this business because your head feels all muzzy and you, you don't feel right. But anyway, I come in this morning and uh, it's been a bit exciting already. Uh, we had the fire alarms going off and everything else. And so we were going to go outside. And I said, I'm not going outside unless I take my cup of tea. And so the, I thought, cup of tea's too full, so I empty half of the tea away. And then we go outside. And I thought, no, it, was, it turned out somebody had leant against one of the... Um, the, the alarm thingies, and Gary sorted that out. But I thought, if we go outside the front door and there's nobody on reception, we can't get back in again, and you might not be hearing this programme. I could be shouting through the, uh, the letterbox in Gough Square. It's Gough Square, I'm not talking about Leicester Square. Sorry about that, I'm moving the place around. And uh, so we all went down there, and I was amazed how few of us were in the building in the early hours of the morning. There was about eight, I think, altogether. Eight, eight, eight or ten. And yet, strangely enough, by eight o'clock this morning, there'll be 600 people in here. But uh, at the moment, we're keeping the flag flying. And uh, the bad news is, the old bags got married in Las Vegas. Yes, Jordan, otherwise known as that really naff old drag queen, has got married to another really naff old drag queen in Las Vegas. So Katie Price and Alex Reed, their official statement is, they got married in a private, simple ceremony at 4pm on February the 2nd in Las Vegas. They said, wait for this, we are very much in love and look forward to the future together. Hmm. This is from the man and the woman. He was going to dump her live on television. She dumped him live on television. Only a matter of about a month ago. And, uh, and then suddenly realised she was going to be a lonely old bag. And so, as he was now more popular than she was, better quickly capitalise on that so they can make a bit of money. Because that's all she knows about. She only knows about making money, about doing deals, well, her agent does, with OK Magazine and people like that. When it comes to relationships, she can't keep them. Because she's so insecure, she's got 
no idea how to deal with people. That's why, literally, all of her relationships are a catalogue of disasters. That's why she finished with him. She laid down the law to him. I mean, he is he's as drippy as they come. They don't come any more simple than Alex Reed. How he made it to that age, I've got no idea. He is so, so simple, as demonstrated in the Big Brother house. Anyway, they say, we can't wait to get back and celebrate our marriage with our friends and family who we know fully support our wishes. Because if they didn't, they'd be kicked out straight away. Can you imagine poor old dreary Michelle Heath? well past her sell-by, and the two fairies who do her makeup and everything else. Well, if, if they went against Jordan, they'd be cu- out. They would be out of the, the... She doesn't have anybody round her who doesn't play for Team Price. She, that's all she has. She has people there, and they will only, you know, only as long as they're bigging her up. The moment they don't do it, whoosh, out the door you go. And then here comes the funny line. This is the official line. Their decision to marry has not been made with any preconceived commercial plan or media deal in place, and their reason for getting married is purely down to their love for each other. The couple tied the knot in a private ceremony, accompanied by TV cameras and a glossy magazine photographer. So expect to see it this week. I mean, to be honest with you, you'd have to be pretty stupid to be remotely interested in this old bag's marriage to a cage-fighting crossdresser. You know, why would you be interested? There are children dying and starving and people being blown up. And this old has-been, who frankly is looking older by the day, and, uh, and the Nancy cage fighter, I'm afraid, just do not do it for me at all. And the reason, and I, somebody always writes in, they always go, but you're always talking about them. I thought, yeah, because I get paid for talking about them. That's why. I get paid very well, actually, for talking about them. Uh, Read the cushion on the tummy, says uh, Lynn. I do that, particularly when I get cut, you see? Nothing new in it, but it's a comforter, and I don't know what it is. Perhaps women do it when they're, when they're pregnant. Perhaps they do it and it makes you feel comfort. Well, exactly. As if, of course, the cushion would be way up here somewhere. You wouldn't even better touch the top of it. The balancing act would be good. And, uh, and Bill says, it's funny how Jordan gets married so soon after Alex wins Big Brother. Was it because she felt he had the limelight? He absolutely has the limelight. He absolutely. She's the faded old has-been, and my advice is... Really stupid getting married, really dumb. It will not last. Guarantee. None of her other relationships last. The answer is, and the reason is, because she doesn't know how to deal with people. The moment he'll, he'll, he'll go off and chat to, say, Michelle Heaton by himself, she will feel as though they're, they're talking about her and she will dump him. And that's what it is. I mean, it's, it's like a revolving door in her life. People come in and go out again. And the truth of the matter is she's desperately lonely and desperately unhappy. But she needs to get back in the public's good books. But unfortunately, the public don't like her. Recently voted the most hated woman in the country. Not so much hated. I think hated is too strong a word. People just think she's naff. She's naff and old. And that's, and that's the truth. They aren't interested. They're not interested. I did not see Julie Walters as Mo Molum. Because um, Johnny says it goes to show how boring the usual reality stuff is when compared to a great piece of acting and writing. Is it too much to ask for more good plays? Or do we have to suffer the likes of MPs on a council estate? Pity Mo isn't around to comment on that indignity for the permanent residents having to put up with three Westminster squatters. And to be honest with you, Austin Mitchell, dreary old bore, I'm afraid. Uh, decent programmes. Well, occasionally the BBC come up with something. Occasionally Channel 4, Channel 5 just seem to have given up completely. ITV would occasionally come up with something. Yeah, the Amanda Holden programme was not one of their best ideas, it has to be said. Uh, and, um, and now, the girl who's rumoured to have had the affair with John Terry... This is the one who is the French lingerie model, OK? Uh, she's in the, in the paper today, and the reason she's in the paper is because, wait for this one, 
Lee Latchford Evans from Steps also had an affair with her. In other words, she's done the rounds. She's done the rounds. He says, I would like to think I was not used, but I'm not naive enough to say fame didn't play a part. And here she is pictured with him at a film premiere. She quite clearly is one of these, you know, girl. He says here, she looks, uh, she likes to be looked after, treated well. You need money to do that. That's what she's all about. She's after, how much money you got, mate? Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's what it is. She's selling her story for a quarter of a million pounds. They're going to be talking about it on Nick Ferrari's programme with Mark, with Mark Bukowski. I asked that simple question. What is it about a man and a woman sleeping together that is worth a quarter of a million quid? Why would you want to go with somebody and then sell your side of the story? So you slept with somebody who was married. What, what is the big deal on that? I don't understand what, what the deal is. Why the British public, or the newspapers, I think, to be, uh, to be fair, have this insatiable appetite with somebody who's, who appears to have sort of done the rounds a little bit, I'm afraid. And yesterday, Lee Latchford Evans has sold his story talking about the fact that she only likes famous people. Well, I mean, that's a bit Heather Mills, isn't it? You know, you can go onto the, uh, the website and you can find all about Heather Mills and about her, her previous life. It seems now we just accept this for normal. Every time I turn on the television, there's either somebody who's famous, because the next thing is she's going to be invited on a reality show because she had an affair with a few people. I mean, small wonder that people don't aspire to doing anything nowadays. Small wonder that they think, all I'll do is I'll just sort of have sex with somebody and then go and sell my story. Small wonder that this psychologically damaged Alicia Duval, every time the other sex scandal comes out and says, oh, I had an affair with them as well. And you think, why don't you just shut up, dear? Don't make yourself look any more stupid than you do already. Nobody's interested. What, I mean, are you sort of doing it to go, oh, look, I might be desperately unattractive, but I can still pull men? Because men are ruled very much by their trousers. Quite clearly in the case of John Terry, quite a few times. I mean, it's like, it's like an elevator is zip. It's up and down all the time. But I don't understand what this insatiable appetite is with the press. So this woman now goes to Max Clifford. Max Clifford then goes, great story to tell. What story? She sleeps with a man who's married. End of, end of story. And this apparently, I mean, you know, on, on the same assumption, it would be better off if I'd slept with her. Because then I could go on air and say, well, I slept with her as well. Because I'm sure, you know, I don't know how many average partners people have in a lifetime, but these people seem to be well above the average. Ridiculous. Dan says, hope you're well. Just starting 12 days... Oh, how lovely, 12 days off. So chilling in bed while Danny's at work. She's off after today, thinking, shall I get up and tidy the house or stay put? Hmm, thinks. Stay put. I agree. Do you know, I do that. I like better think, right, do I get up and hoover or do I stay here under the warm duvet? I'm staying under the warm duvet! Because what you want to do, isn't it? It is a bit chilly this morning, so enjoy your 12 days off. You lucky soul, I'm very... Je- 12 days off. Richard Hake here only just realised that he's off this Friday and Monday. He only worked it out this morning. He went, I'm, he said, I'm off on Friday and Monday. He said, I've got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I said, that's a week. What are you going to do? He said, I've got no idea. I haven't planned anything. You see, the excitement. Little things mean so much. The news headlines. The new owners of Cadbury Craft say they're unable to confirm the chocolate maker will remain in the UK. The future threats that the country will face are likely to become clearer when the defence green paper is published later. And reports from America suggest the doctor being investigated over the death of Michael Jackson could be charged soon. Let's have a check on the state of the roads for you this morning. Brought my umbrella in, so it better rain later. Morning, everybody. Uh, a Tory yesterday attacked Muslim women who wear the burqa in public. Uh, Philip 
Hollowbone says he had huge sympathy with those backing a ban on the face-covering veil in public. He said he finds it offensive and the religious equivalent of going round with a paper bag over your head. I have to be honest, you don't need to wear it. You absolutely don't, 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 don't. It's generally done. You know, people misinterpret. They don't understand the uh, the teachings in the Quran. It, it doesn't say that at all. It says dress modestly. Loads of Muslims, millions and millions and millions. Unfortunately, you do get the show-off brigade who, as I say, we went to Lakeside the other day and there was a woman wearing the full veil. Everybody was looking at her and I think that's what she gets off on. It's that everybody's looking. You know, because otherwise you'd have said to the husband, don't you feel embarrassed treating your wife like a second-class citizen? You don't need that kind of thing. She's a perfectly, you know, honourable person. Let her dress normally. Don't be so stupid. Do you feel like slapping people's legs? However, strange enough, this morning, my driver, Mohammed, came up with a very, very interesting concept and it hadn't crossed my mind before. And the idea was, we were t- he said that he was in a garage... Apparently, every time he pulls into a garage, people offer him watches. He's plagued with people offering him watches. Every time he used to go up to Bradford, when he first came down to London, he'd pull into the motorway service station and people would offer him watches. Well, I've never been offered watches at all at a service station. But he said, have you noticed that nobody's buying maps anymore? And I said, you know, at one time, you're quite right. The more I thought about it, the more I thought how right he is. All the map makers, and every time you went to an area, you would buy a map, wouldn't you? And you'd sit there in the car and you'd go, right, if we drive down the A3164, and that will take us into Sunbury Gardens, and then we do a right there, and that's... And and you think nobody does that now, because we've got sat-navs. Why spend £8 on a map when you can go and get the sat-nav? The sat-nav will come up with the points of interest, it'll find the garages, the post office, it'll find everything for you. You don't need to have a map. So gone are the days now of people sitting in the car trying to open it all up. Makes Paddington Bear look a little bit out of date because they would sit in the car and the Browns would get the map out and they they would be driving and they'd get confused because it turns out they'd been following a piece of marmalade shred which would stuck to the map for some miles. So that's it. So all the map makers are going to go out of business because we've got sat-navs now. People prefer having the sat-nav. We were sitting next to somebody in their car and even driving around the local area, people have the sat-nav on, presumably because they like looking at moving pictures. And strangely enough, you can look at a sat-nav, but you can't have the television on in the front. Because they say that's a distraction. What on earth they think the sat-nav is, I've got no idea. But we all do them. We all do sat-navs. Most people have got them. They used to be... They used to be, years ago, a kind of flash thing. A kind of flash thing to have. But now they're not... Everybody's got them. I think I've had four sat-navs. Four sat-navs. I've given them away systematically. As they've upgraded, they've said, oh, you've got to get this one. I've, I've given them away. So I gave one to Giles. I gave one to somebody. I gave one to my brother. I gave one to all sorts of people. Because I'm, I'm quite good like that. Uh, Gladys says, when Alex came out of the Big Brother house, he said he loved Katie Price and the crowd booed. Actually, every time her name was mentioned, they booed at the Big Brother. Nobody likes her. She should accept the fact that she's, she's passed it and should get the hell out of the country as quick as possible. Shame on Cadbury's, says Angela. The Queen should have stepped in to save our heritage. How old was it? Well, it's a, an old Quaker family who started Cadbury's. An old Quaker family. What would become of Bourneville Village? Still be there. Still be, villi- still, still be there, I think. But I, I'm just not, uh, not sure what they'll... I don't know what it is at the moment. I think it's a tourist attraction. What they'll do, though... So, will the chocolate... Well, they do say now, because I said the chocolate will taste the same. And somebody said, listen, I bought Cadbury's chocolate in other countries where they don't use exactly the same ingredients, and it does not taste the same. It's like you can buy sausages in other countries. They don't taste the same. You can buy newspapers. They don't look exactly the same. Some some of them are in foreign words. It's unbelievable. 
you know, demandage, uh, things like that. And this, that's just the one in China. And they've got all this sort of stuff there. And, you know, sausages do not taste the same. I used to go to Austria and take sausages from this country. They'd say, you couldn't bring us some wall sausages. So you'd go and buy wall sausages because they couldn't get them over there. And if they did get them, they didn't taste the same. So somebody said to me that he bought Cadbury's chocolate in Thailand and it didn't taste like Cadbury's did over here. Because presumably it's made to, to different standards. So they probably will... I think you have to accept the fact, and it's, it's no big surprise, most of the companies that you think are British now are owned by foreign companies. You know, most of London is actually owned by the Japanese. If you actually mark off London and the buildings and the areas that are owned by outside investment, you would find... I'm, I'm probably Japanese here. I'm probably, very shortly, going to be speaking Japanese to you. Because they, own, they buy it as an investment, so most of London... You think London is, is all Brit? No. Most of it is, is Japanese, I would think. They did a thing a short while ago, the square mile, they did this and that. And you think, my God, it's all Japanese money. You know, big country houses, most of them, owned by uh, people from Moscow and from Russia. Because they're the only ones who've got that kind of cash. The Brits go, well, I don't know. You really don't want these little these people coming in from Russia, you know, buying property. And you look at most of the big properties, and it would mainly be the Russian uh, oligarchs, whatever they're called, coming in, spending 25, 30 million. To them, nothing. If you've got a billion sitting in the bank, to buy a country house is, is nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. So they're buying up all the heritage. The Queen couldn't have stepped in because this is a, this is a business deal. And, um, and it, will, it will probably go abroad. I would think... It will probably go abroad, and then we'll end up buying it. But there's so many there are, aren't they? I don't think it makes it. Do you think it makes a difference? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Don't start me off about the burka, Steve. With that cage over the nose, why does it have to be a black garment? I don't know. I don't I thought it was something to do with the heat. But, of course, we don't have any heat over here. It doesn't make any difference. And also, highly dangerous for driving. We used to have a woman who used to drive through Twickenham with the full veil. You don't need it. It's just stupid. And, and also, you cannot see people coming sideways. You can only see straight ahead. It's just a ridiculous, uh, oppressive piece of uh, garment that uh, men make women wear. They don't need to wear it. It just looks silly in it. Don't wear it. Dress modestly, if you, know, if you want to do that. But apart from that, you don't need to do it at all, I'm afraid. Uh, thing is, regarding Katie Price, getting engaged, married and divorced is part of her existence. I believe she fully intends to divorce at some point and probably has media plans already, says Alison. It seems to be the only way she can operate and no matter how many opportunities she's given to change, she rejects them all in favour of pretending a kind of happiness. The trouble is, she is desperately lonely. I could tell you that for a fact. You only have to look at the certain... I can read body language a mile off. When, when, when she got married to um, uh, Andre... She she did it a fairy tale wedding. I mean, she's a grown woman, a fairy tale wedding. Mentally, she's she's a little child. She's not all there. So for her, it's a case of okay, we get married, we make some money. But the trouble is, she doesn't enjoy her money. You know, you'd think she'd buy a big country mansion. She's got loads of money. You would buy a really super house and try and you know and try to be poor. She thinks she's sort of lady of the manor. I mean, this is a naff pre-war house. It's very tacky. I mean, let's face it, it had wrought iron balustrade. Wrought iron, I ask you. Nobody's had raw time for about 40 years. Ridiculous. So she's got this house. She's, she's got the money. Well, as I've always said, you can't take it with you, so why not spend it? You know, buy, buy a nice car. You know, try and buy yourself a bit of class. Try and buy some decent clothes. What does she wear? She wears cheap, tacky clothes. And that's why she'll always be cheap and tacky. I, b- I believe you, Alison. I think, already she's thinking, right, I get married, and that's a bit of money, and I just pretend we go through that. I go, yeah, I'm really in love with him. Because it was only a month ago she ditched him publicly on television. 
She ditched him publicly. And now she's gone crawling back, like the terribly tragic, that she's never going to be happy. And unfortunately, Alex, I'm telling you, when it finishes, your life will be sheer hell. Ask anybody. Ask Dane Bowers what she said about him when they split. Ask Peter Andre. She dragged him down because she can't be... She thinks she's the bee's knees. Unfortunately, she's not. Oh, dear. Here's old Victoria Beckham. It's another shot for Glamour magazine where she dresses up as... I don't know what she's dressing up as. I don't know. Some emaciated stick insect carrying a load of bags. It's very tragic. Vicky, much as though we love you, sweet pea, you're not a fashion icon. You really don't... I suggest, Jason, you listen properly back to the programme. We didn't state Austin Mitchell. We said it was a programme with MPs in. There was one involved with Rent Boys. I said there was Austin Mitchell. We didn't name Mark Oton. So you must listen properly. If you listen properly, then it would be uh, an awful lot better, actually. So uh, if you don't listen properly, then you come over as being a bit stupid. We didn't mention Mark Oton, because I couldn't remember Mark Oton's name at the time. So we said Austin Mitchell's on the programme. But uh, listen back to it very carefully, and I expect your apology in due course. Thank you. Uh, the sat-nav in our car, says Dan, has to be updated every two years, with a disc costing £235. Crikey. But they know you need a licence. They, they know you need it. It's a licence to print money. I've never heard of that. £235 plus VAT. Actually, somebody did say that with the... Uh, the map makers, don't they do the sat-navs? I don't know how they do the sat-navs. I'm assuming there must be some sort of map-making on it. Uh, but how it works, I've got no idea. The map makers, do they make the maps for sat-navs, do you? I don't know. I just know that the printed maps are the ones that, uh, that you don't really... I don't, nobody buys them anymore. We used to have a car full of them. Every glove compartment, there'd be a, you know, a printed map of the West Country or, you know, Devon or Cornwall or something like that. And you'd go for it. Now nobody does it because what you do is if you want to know how to, how to get somewhere, you either got the sat-nav or you go on the internet. And when you go on the internet, you sort of, you just type in where you're going, AA Routemaster, and it'll tell you how to get there. And if you put down via motorways or via, you know, other roads, fine. And then you put down places of interest and it, will ju- it just produces it and you just print it all off, which is great. Uh, as a truck driver, says Spencer, I've never had a sat-nav. It worries me that if you stop thinking, you forget. I used to know 80 to 100 phone numbers before mobiles. Do you know, we were talking about phone numbers yesterday. and I, well, In fact, this morning, actually, to Mohammed, And I was saying that if I lost my mobile phone, that would be it. I'd be completely lost because I can't remember phone numbers. And years ago, you wrote them down. They were in a book. They were in your phone book. By your telephone at home, there would be a phone thing and you'd go A's. OK, that's Andrew, Arthur, Annette, you know, Aubrey, so-and-so, so-and-so. Nowadays, it's all on your mobile phone. So my advice is back it up. Back it up. If you don't back up the phone, you can lose everything. The one thing I don't put in there is bank details. Some people put their bank details and, and their codes in and everything. And you think, oh, my God, you must be mad, mad. Mike says, I don't know whether you found out about Gino De Campo's armband, but apparently it's to symbolise Italy winning the World Cup. I can't remember what it was for, actually, the other day. I just know it's, he's got an armband on, and one is black, and then he's got some little naff thing the other side. And uh, we, the, the question we're asking is, A, what were they? And B, is he a chef, or is he just one of these naff people who turns up on television cooking? I couldn't quite work out what it was. Can't bear him, though. Cannot, uh, cannot bear him. Uh, Sean says, back in the 80s, the Pet Shop Boys hit the nail on the head with their hit, Everything's for Sale. It is. Every, actually, everything nowadays. People will happily do something, and then... They go to make money out of it, and the papers offer huge amounts. You watch, Mark Bukowski this morning will tell Nick Ferrari that this girl and John Terry, she's worth more than a quarter of a million. 
he, he will tell him that. In fact, I, I've checked it on the thing, and that's, that's the whole premise of it, that it's worth a lot of money. So, in other words, you can understand all these girls who crawl out of wherever it is, they go to the nightclubs, you need to get a footballer or somebody with money to make money. It's the only way it works. As somebody's pointed out here, Alex makes money by being with Jordan, Jordan makes money by being with Alex. You make money by talking about it. I know, it's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, I can't believe that I make money out of it. It's, 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 even Jess thinks it's a brilliant idea. I think it's absolutely fantastic that we all make money out of it. Except I probably make more out of it. Because their marriage will not go for 30 years. Whereas my marriage has gone for 31 years. You see, so they're not as successful. She has to keep going off with somebody else to try and make it interesting. I can stick with the same thing. It's fantastic. And the good thing is that, that you send a text in to me, so I'm, I make money and get more audience. I mean, it just, it's self-perpetuating. It's even better. It's fantastic. Uh, Jordan's cousin lives close to me, says Stephen Harlington. I'd move, if I was you. Can't, the trouble is you can't imagine her actually having a family, because all her life revolves around... I mean, I looked at the people who turned up to the wedding. Vanessa Feltz. I mean, dear God in heaven, you'd have to put a separate room aside for the food, wouldn't you? Vanessa Feltz is coming quick. Hide the sausage rolls! You know, she's there, and she dressed up, I don't know, looked bigger. And then Jordan turns up with all this caked-on makeup. Peter Andre sweated throughout the whole service. And he couldn't help it, bless his... He probably knew he looked like a complete and utter dork. A shame. Kenny says, uh, is there any problem with the radio? Always listen to on my iPhone, but I seem not to be able to log on. Sometimes it goes off. Try, if, if you're on an iPhone, best thing to do is to refresh it, which is turn it off and then turn it back on again. Yeah, and Ant- Anthony said there was a problem online earlier on. I heard him say that at the end of the programme. OK. Uh, Steve says, Wendy, wait a minute. How long ago did old Price get divorced? Well, now you've asked me a question because I didn't think they... Well, no, hang on. They are, they are divorced, aren't they? But it was, it's fairly recent. It must be within about the past three months, do we think? Three months, four months? We'll find out. Something like that. I w- I, yes, I would think three or, or four months ago. Because I mean, it was... Although I don't... Yes. Didn't they announce it? Everything she does, though, is announced, you know. When she sort of blows her nose, she announces it. When she does this, she announces it. When she does that, she announces it. We think October it was finalised. Thought we've uh, we found out. And South London boy says there is a certain woman that craves for the ongoing oxygen of publicity. Even when she had a personal tragedy that most people sympathised over, it was not enough. The true bitter character rises to the top. There's a brass mentality and the cold eyes, similar to a piece of fish at Billingsgate, are never going to re- be replaced with a warm and loving individual. Next week they'll be hearing baby talk and more plans for the future with her private thoughts. Oh, absolutely, she can't, and that's why, when she's out of the limelight, she doesn't like it. So you're right, there will be, you know, we, I'm going to have a baby with Alex, because he's my soulmate. Next thing is, the, the, the divorce will be imminent. She'll have kicked him out of the house. You know, whereas really, in the you know, he should have the presence of mind and be strong enough, kick her out. Because, she, I'm telling you, it'll end in tears. Talking about ending in tears, okay, hands up. There's a lady called Miriam O'Reilly. I'd never heard of her either. But apparently, she's suing the BBC for age and sex discrimination because she was axed from a programme called Country File. Now, together with Juliet Morris, Charlotte Smith and Michaela Strachan, who I've, all, who I've heard of, they were all, all these women have one thing in common. They were in their 40s and 50s. And Country File, or the producers, or somebody, decided that they were, they were going to change them to bring in somebody else. And so Miriam O'Reilly's going, well, I'm terribly sorry... That's age discrimination. And I'm beginning to think now, everything must be age discrimination. 
Because if, for example, LBC said, uh, right, we're actually going to get rid of uh, Jenny Barnett, could Jenny Barnett then turn around and say, well, you've only got rid of me because I'm the oldest presenter? Or can LBC turn around and say, well, listen, we, we decided we want to sort of change and go in a different direction? Because I'm assuming Countryfile, that actually then took on Julia Bradbury and Matt Baker from Blue Peter, who are 39 and 32 respectively, can you then say... Well, we, we, we've taken them on because we want to appeal to a different audience. You can't keep somebody on for the sake of keeping somebody on. But is it an excuse when you say you've got to go? And they go, excuse me, I'm 50. And you go, yeah. And they go, well, that's age discrimination. They go, well, what do we do? Do we keep you forever and a day until you're 90? No. We want to keep the programme going. And, you know, you, you've had a contract. I'm assuming most people at the BBC are on contract, same as here. And they can then change the programme. If all of a sudden LBC decided that in the morning they want to put on a head-banging piece of music programme, you know, Steve Allen would not be the presenter for that programme. And they would say, terribly sorry, Steve, we're going to move you somewhere else and we're going to put on, you know, Dave Berry in the morning or something like that. And I'm going to go, but wait a minute, I can do head-banging music. I could talk like that. I could do that. You know, why not? And they get, well, not really right, is it? And that's exactly the same, I think, for Miriam O'Reilly. It's things move on in television. I think what they do is they see one person who goes to court for age discrimination and people jump on a bandwagon now and they go, that's why I was dropped. But programme makers have to keep programmes fresh. The reason that I'm still here after 30-plus years is because I'm still getting an audience. If I wasn't getting an audience, believe you me, they'd have ditched this programme years ago. The same as that. That's why things change. You give it... I was talking to my boss about this the other day. You give something a couple of years to bed in. If after a couple of years, it's still not doing the kind of business that you think it should be doing, then you change it. Even though people... I've seen people write in when, you know, overnight presenters have moved on. They say, I'm never listening to LBC ever again. Next week, they're back. Hello, you sound nice. You know, it's the same old... It's a load of old toffee. But that's, that's what happens. They move presenters around. I'm quite sure that Miriam O'Reilly is doing very well. You know, if you're a good presenter, you'll work. It's, that's, that's how it works. It's got nothing to do with your age. I don't think my age has got anything at all to do with, uh, you know, whether I do my job. You know, I don't talk about old men things all the time, you know. All right, so I've looked at a pair of Dr Skulls, for goodness sake. But it doesn't matter, does it? it it's the ability to entertain people, and if you have that ability, then you work. Mike says... Um, Gino De Campo was born in, uh, sort of looks like you've lifted Wikipedia here, Napoli. Grew up with his parents and his sister, Marcella. Inherited his love of cooking from his grandfather, who was head chef for Costa Cruises. And at the age of 13, entered Luigi de Medici Catering College. Went on to gain further thing. Came, worked in the Orchard Restaurant in Hampstead and, uh, and the Cambio Restaurant in Guildford. Around that time, he served two and a half years in prison for burglary. <laughs> so, obviously, there's not... Uh, yes, he did. Two and a half years, I'm afraid, for that. And that only came out in his own autobiography, which he wrote before he went into the jungle. Jess is now feverishly checking the internet to see if Gino de Camper... Yeah, two and a half years he spent in, in prison. Two and a half years. So, in other words, it, it wasn't exactly a light... You know, if, if it was just something like, you know, you just pinched a sweet, like all kids did. Uh, this was two and a half years for stealing guitars from Paul Young... I believe, no. If you're going to nick, you know, nick from the best, I think. Angela says, talking about chocolate, was stupid enough to fall for a boy... Uh, sorry, f fall for a box of 15 mini toffee crisps. Came in a box, no cellophane wrapper on the outside. When I opened the box, the 15-minute toffee crisps covered in chocolate were just thrown in, unwrapped. How could this pass health and safety standards? Actually, we were laughing the other day, Angela. 
about... Do you remember years ago when, when your mum gave you a biscuit? You'd be, you'd be sitting in your high cot or whatever it was, your high chair, and you'd drop the biscuit on the floor, and your mum would pick it up and go, just brush the dirt off. There you go. And they'd give it back to you. Now they go, I'm not touching that. Not touching that. But in those days, you know, you had to, you had to do it, I'm afraid. You had to... Because nobody had the money. Nobody had the money to keep spending on biscuits. What do you mean? What do you mean you... Eat it! I'm not eating that. There's children starving. Well, send it to them. You eat that. Ronnie Corbett in Sorry. His mother, lovely Barbara Lott, used to serve him and he said, Mum, I'm not eating that. And she'd say, yes, you will. Yes, you will. And she would dig it out every meal. So every meal he turned up at the table, it was the same food that he hadn't eaten the day before. It's a little bit worrying, isn't it? 84850, uk. Dan... <laughs> who's still in bed and still not getting up and uh, has decided to stay. How lovely. You know, when you're in bed and this morning, the duvet was really snuggly buggly. You know when you get into some beds and you think, pull the duvet up and it takes ages. You wake up in the morning and you're all dishevelled. This morning, it just moulded to fit my body. It's like, it's like a memory duvet. And I was really happy. And I've been watching Laverne and Shirley, the American TV show. And every time I watch it, they get on so well together, but yet I know they hated each other. They did not get on at all. So when the series finished, one went on to be very, very successful and one didn't become very, very successful. But they never get on. All these people who are in these TV shows, you think they all get on together and they don't. It's a shame, really, because you want them to. You think, oh, you know, I want it to be like it is on television. But that's, unfortunately, the little world of Jordan, which is it's all light and fluffy and pink and, and everything. And, of course, it's not. It's not, really. It's a, it's a shame that it's not like that. But uh, it could be one day. Quarter to six is the time. It's LBC. It's Wednesday. And the headlines. Reports from America suggest the doctor being investigated over the death of Michael Jackson could be charged soon. The new owners of Cadbury Craft say they're unable to confirm the chocolate maker will remain in the UK. A new report claims the health of under fives hasn't significantly improved despite more than £10 billion of investment. So we'll check on the state of the roads. It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Uh, if you're heading out of town on the A13 East Indian... Morning, team. Nice to have a company. It's 12 minutes to uh, six. Oh, lovely picture of Amy Winehouse with her dreary father, Mitch, I'm afraid. Uh, where did the album go? Disappeared completely. I don't know, these people who crave the limelight, there's something the matter with them nowadays. I do not understand the mentality. Having watched America's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent and all the other, we haven't got any talent at all. And you watch these desperate wannabes who have got no talent whatsoever. And yet when they're told the truth... They burst into tears, they fall on the floor, they scream, they shout, they throw glasses of water over Simon Cowell. They do everything, and you think, you're no good, get out. But these are the people who have a few drinks in a pub and get quite nasty. It's horrible, really. Horrible. Uh, 84850, steve at And uh, Jean says, I know you're very rarely wrong. Never wrong, actually, Jean, never. It's an embarrassment, I know, for everybody. And she says, but accept your comments about the house being pre-war. No, pre-war because it's got uh, these ghastly banisters made out of um, uh, wrought iron, which are horrible. The village might be classy. Unfortunately, she's taken it down. You know, I would think, and, you know, if Jordan moved in next door to you, you don't want that, do you? And she said it was on the market for a long time before she bought it. Yeah, because it was naff. That's why. And we always refer to it as the fairy castle. It's got turrets and very... It's a naff house, Jean. You can't seriously think that's a classy house. But God, what are you living in, dear? It is the naffest house I've ever seen. I've seen the outside. I've seen the inside. It's just naff. The reason it was on the market for ages is because, A, it was a little bit overpriced, and, B, nobody wanted to live there. It's as sad as that, I'm afraid. 
Johnny says, can the media please leave me alone? Or I might have to issue another super-duper injunction. I earn 170 grand a week from my particular job, plus another couple of million and a year from other sources. And just because I'm married, I believe it's perfectly okay to have an affair with a colleague, partner, or constantly cheat on my wife. I was hoping to win Father of the Year again and be the face of my country in a show to be televised worldwide. The morals of some people having a go at me are really upsetting. I might have to go to a quiet place like Las Vegas to renew my vows and prove my integrity. I love Las Vegas. Actually, everybody's going to Las Vegas recently. In fact, John Warrington has just come back from Las Vegas. Paul Savory is still in Las Vegas. And I haven't been there for some time. I must go back, actually. I think today is a soup day. I've decided. I'm just looking at a picture of soup. And Asda, can we have a coffee? And looking at, um, at, at, at an advert for Asda. Five cans of Heinz tomato soup, two quid. Now, I don't care what anybody says. A can of soup. I know the argument is you can make soup cheaper. You can make soup cheaper yourself. And uh, Heinz chicken soup. Heinz... L- I can't bear lentils. Lentil soup. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Vegetable soup. Oxtail. Uh, oxtail. Uh, uh, uh. I just think of oxtails. I've seen them hanging up in butchers. Oxtails, I ask you. But cream of tomato. The only way to eat cream of tomato soup, I'm afraid, is to either do it over mashed potato, before you all start rushing to the bathroom... Heinz soup over mashed potato is actually quite nice, and it does go very well together. Or failing that, we used to sprinkle cheese over the top of it, but you need some nice French bread, and you, you cut it into pieces and you dunk it. It's got butter on it, you dunk it into the soup. It's delicious. Heinz tomato. I don't know what's in it, but it tastes different from everybody else's. And I've tried Ina Baxter's soup as well. But I've started doing the other day, I've started going through my box set of Only Fools and Horses. Back to the early ones. The writing is quite brilliant by John Sullivan. It's very good. And it's amazing how, you know, how short the programmes were, but yet they crammed a ton in. Absolutely crammed a ton in. And it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's just wonderful. 26 discs, normally £199, on offer on Amazon, £49. 26 discs, every single thing. Brilliant. No rest for the wicked for Dan. He says, as amazing as you are, I need another hour's sleep, as I now do daddy daycare Monday to Wednesday, whilst Danny is back on the buses. So the alarm's set for five past seven. Housework, baby's breakfast, washing, take mum for a bone drip at the Princess Alice Hospice. No rest for the wicked. Well, at least you won't be wearing your pyjamas, Dan. Like certain people who say, oh, I can't get up in the morning, can I? I can't get up in the morning, get the kids ready for school. This man does housework, baby's breakfast, washing, and takes mum for the bone drip at the Princess Alice and still manages to get dressed. So we've got any more excuses from feeble people in Cardiff who think you have to go out and you have to, um, and you have to sort of wear your pyjamas. Who would win a fight, Steve, says Jim, between Dave Berry and Danny Dyer? I don't know. I suspect Danny Dyer... Actually, they, do, they could be bookends. They could, actually. The more you look at Dave, the more you think it, it could be a bookend with Danny Dyer. I think Danny is a bit taller. I think Danny's a little bit taller. Just a fraction. Christine uh, Cuddihy was ordered to provide proof of age at Tesco's to buy a slice of quiche. She went in to buy a slice of quiche at Tesco, and this was cheese and onion, 51p. She took it to the till. She was stunned when the cashier refused to sell it to her because she looked under 21. The checkout worker, a woman in her 30s, refused to back down, and Christine eventually had to produce her driving licence to buy her snack. The woman said... You don't look over 21. I need to see some proof of age. I told her I was certain the proof of age rules didn't apply in this case, but she said, we have to be really strict now, and this includes quiche. 
I thought she was joking, so I said to her, what on earth is dangerous about a slice of quiche? There was nothing suspicious about me. It's not like I was even buying a whole quiche to have a binge. I was so insulted. Christine, who comes from Leamington Spa, was on her way home when she popped into the supermarket in Coventry. The quiche was her only purchase, and she spent several minutes arguing with a Tesco worker. It was a rush out, and there was a queue forming behind me, so I showed her my driving licence and rushed out. I was so hungry, I didn't even bother kicking up a fuss or complaining to the manager. The irony is, I bought alcohol from the same store, and they've never asked for ID. Get a slice of quiche in Coventry, ID. Tesco apologised. Tesco... Why don't you just kick the woman off the till? She's quite clearly an idiot. She's too stupid to be there. She says, we're at a loss to say what happened. We haven't managed to identify the staff member. Age-related prompts at Tesco tills are set centrally, not in individual stores, and quite clearly there's not one on quiche. I mean, to be honest. I mean, either this is a made-up story, because they have to establish... You know, I'd, I'd have stood my ground. I'd have called the manager. Get the manager. Get now. I'm sorry, love. You'd all have to go to another till... Because they're either too stupid here, or this woman's the thickest person ever. For, imagine, how old are you? Uh, what's it got to do with you? You're buying quiche. I'm sorry, you're buying quiche. What do you think I'm going to make out of it? A bomb or something? A boom? Out of quiche? You know, you can understand booze, can't you? And razor blades and depilatory cream or something like that. Or, you know, or sort of, you know, other apparels. But a quiche. 51 pence worth of quiche. Do you know, you see, if, if I was running the newspaper... I would go up to that supermarket and find the woman and take a photograph of her. And I, w- I would lambaster, I'm afraid, because stupid people like this do not deserve jobs. They're just too stupid for words. You know, you're supposed to use common sense. But unfortunately, this woman, if she exists, I'm afraid it uh, just doesn't do it for me, I'm afraid. Just doesn't do it. They get worse and worse, don't they? Uh, Viv says, does it include the Jolly Boys outing? Ah, now you've asked me. I know it's got everything that they ever did. I know it's got everything they ever did. Abbott and Costello hated each other. Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis didn't speak for years. I know, th- th- it's, it's all the same. In all these double acts, they don't, they don't speak, uh, they, they don't speak to each other away from that. But perhaps that's why it's worth, it, it, it's worth it. Is it true, says Ian, Steptoe and Son hated each other by the end of the show? Um, most people, when they come together, it's like doing a double show, isn't it, at, at a radio station or television? You know, you sort of come in, you do, you do the show together, which I think is quite difficult, double-headed programmes. And over the years, I think I've done one, and it just doesn't work. Some people can, can sit back, and you're always going to get one person who leads a programme and one person who, who sits back. And in the case of this particular programme I did, it was easier for me to do an hour and then go and have a break, and the other presenter came in and did an hour, and that's how it worked best. And, uh, and up until recently, I mean, LBC had double-headed breakfast shows. There were always two people on the breakfast. I never quite understood why you need two people on a breakfast show. I've often thought one person could carry a breakfast show quite easily by themselves. It's been proved successfully by Nick Ferrari. You don't need two people. I'd quite like to see two people on certain other programmes. I'd like to see a drive-time programme with, with two people on it. I quite, I quite fancy that idea, just testing the, 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 the market. Deborah says, I like Heinz and mash. I think it's delicious. It is absolutely... You get, you get mashed potatoes, you make a little hole in the middle and then you pour the tomato soup in and you fold the potato over the top and you put some grated... Che- like, like gravy. And you put some grated cheese over it. It's really yum, yum, yum. Yesterday I had scampi with some garlic bread. And what I did, I did the garlic bread in the halogen oven and then when I took the garlic bread out of the tray there was a bit of garlic butter left in there so I then put the scampi in... And the scampi took on the uh, the garlic bread as well, so pretty nice. I like that idea. And then I felt quite full, actually. I don't know what it is about garlic bread. 
They went to Margate, the coach blew up, says Viv. Ah, that one. I do remember it. It wasn't one of their best ones, was it? But I thought £49 for 26 DVDs was very, very cheap. Very cheap. Uh, Shane is in Torquay. Poor soul, honestly. It's like God's waiting room, isn't it, Torquay? A lot of people sitting in bus shelters. Have you ever watched Mama's Family? I've never even heard of it. I'm not a big fan of American shows. I've got friends who live in America who sit there addicted to American television. I don't know anything about it. I don't find them funny. The only programmes I found funny were things like Laverne and Shirley, The Love Boat. Love The Love Boat. The Love Boat were just the best ever. You know why? Because it was always sunny. They never had seasickness. The boat never went up and down. It was always sunny. Laverne and Shirley were always, you know, great. Hated Friends. Hated Friends. Loved Marcus Welby. MD. I loved all those sort of programmes, but I just didn't get Frasier and stuff like, and David Letterman. And the, I just don't get that kind of stuff at all. Uh, Lynn says, perhaps we're being a touch unfair about Jordan. Let's face it, she is in a class of her own. No class. It is true. That's the trouble. You know, it's, uh, it's all fur coats and no knickers, isn't it, really? It's all a bit tacky. Every time she turns up, it's tacky. Uh, Phil... Says, uh, in your excellent Ray interview, I should point out that Carlin was actually one of the good guys and always stood up for the weaker boys, especially against the sadistic warders. I know. Well, actually, coming in tomorrow, I've got Phil Daniels, who everybody and the world wants to talk to, but we, we get him for the longest. So uh, we'll be talking to him tomorrow. Yesterday, uh, we did uh, a lovely actor who uh, was in... Um, he's in a, the latest film with Gene Simmons and at Gosford Park... And Morris, and what else do you do? Room with a view. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you who he is at the moment, but he's he's going to be coming up in in a couple of weeks. Great, great actor, really lovely. I'll tell you who he is in a moment. Uh, but this week on the program, it's going to be Sean Williamson. We all make good decisions and bad decisions. Morning, everybody. Actually, we were talking about the Pet Shop Boys earlier on on the program, and strangely enough, it's not every day you get them playing live in your living room. But one couple won a private gig to play in their uh, their suburban house. And so the Pet Shop Boys went out there and played a private gig in their house, in their front room. How cool was that? Oh, dear. I remember seeing one of Noel's Christmas present programmes once, and somebody had the Hollies playing in their back garden, and it was really, really good. I wish they'd bring that back to mainstream television. It's wasted, I'm afraid, over on Sky. News is next. Morning, team. It's nine minutes past six. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast, LBC 97.3. It's amazing how you've all, you've jumped out of the woodwork on the box sets now. And, uh, and for Mandy, who says, uh, the BBC have a habit of publicly dropping older female presenters on BBC primetime, such as Arlene Phillips, Moira Stewart, and keeping older male presenters, such as Bruce Forsyth and John Craven. Elderly women presenters are shunted off to daytime telly, such as Cash in the Attic. The trouble is, you see, I mean, I'm, I'm half with you on that and half not. Because if I was a programme maker, I mean, if, for example, if, if I came on the programme and went, hello, everybody, it's Steve Allen here, and I've oh, got a... Got a, got a Got a, got a, and you'd be going. He's, he's passed it. You've got to get somebody else on. And so you're looking, for, you're looking to keep it fresh and to keep it interesting. And you're looking for figures. And if you're doing television, I know that they keep people. But if you think about it, they've got Bruce on at the moment, but he's not worked continuously. Bruce, you know, did the Generation Game, then came off television for years, and then they they brought him back. John Craven, if you notice now, is padded out with lots of other people. At one time, it was John Craven's Newsround, then he did Countryfile, and then they padded him out with different people. And the idea is to keep a programme 
fresh. And the one thing that they do do, and they all do it, they do it for radio, they do it for television, they do it for, you know, Sky, for everybody else. They have focus groups and they'll say, what do you think about this programme? What do you think about that programme? You know, how, how would you change it? And they'd say, well, we quite like, you know, it's very nice to have mumsy type presenters, but we like somebody a bit fight it. Why don't you try Julia Bradbury? And they go, OK, let's try Julia Bradbury. Let's sort of move, you know, Moira Stewart, whoever it happens to be. I don't think it comes down to age because provided, you know, I mean, I know people of, of 80 who are very sparky and very sort of up and all the rest of it. I don't think it's got anything to do with that. They're just keeping a pro- programme fresh. I think it comes down to an excuse. People look for it. Why was I dropped? I was too tall. I was too short. It's like Dustin Hoffman when he, he went out before he dressed up as Tootsie. Uh, he went out for his auditions and he'd do his thing and they go, no, I'm sorry, you're not quite right. We're looking for, for somebody a bit taller. He said, I, I can be taller. Looking for somebody a bit a bit wider. I can be wider. We're looking for somebody a bit older. I can be older. We're looking for somebody else, all right? You know, you just have to accept that. That's the way the business works. It's always been like that. It's in everything. It's like going in for a job. There was a woman the other day. I'll tell you this now because, it's, because it highlights it beautifully. I go in, I pick up my cup of coffee at Starbucks, and there's a woman in there filling in a job application to obviously work at Starbucks. I don't know why, but they fill in an application. Anyway, she is, she comes with attitude. And let's put it that way. She's probably around 40. Now, as you know, most of the people in Starbucks tend to be young, but I've never heard anybody complain about, oh, I went there, I was 17. Nobody didn't give me. Anyway, she then at the end, she filled in the thing. She looked at it and then she shoved it at the girl behind the counter. Went, there you go. And I thought, well, if I was running the place, you ain't getting a job, love. Because if that's how you are with somebody who works here, God knows what you're going to be like with customers. And as she walked out, I looked at the girl serving me, and uh, and she, she raised her eyebrows, and I went, I think that's a no. And she went, well, not up to me, she said, but, you know, if that's how she is with me, how's she going to be with customers? And it's all down to customers. When it comes down to television, men tend to go a bit longer. Sorry to say that, but they do. Women, it does tend to be, you know... Do you fit in with the profile? Uh, or, you know, like when they were bringing Selena Scott back. You know, I didn't have any problem with Selena Scott's age. I just thought she was a bit naff. That's all it was. I didn't think, oh, Selena Scott is this age, so she, you know, she should get it or she shouldn't get it. I couldn't care less about age. It's whether or not they're actually up to doing the job and whether or not you think they're right. So that's a, that's a shame. Uh, Laurel says, you and James Whale at drive time, you'd be bickering like an old married couple. Oh, he'd be terrible. You know what he'd be like. Oh, Steve, I'll do this for you. Steve, I'll do that for you. And it wouldn't happen at all. Um, Steve Allen is all we need, says Angela, but in larger slots. Now, you keep that one quiet for a start. Steve, even Orville and Keith Harris never spoke to each other when Keith was not around, says Chris. Dreadful, that wasn't it. Do you remember Keith Harris and Orville? And, and when, when Keith Harris wasn't there, Orville never said a word. Not one word. Dreadful. Uh, another one here. Uh, it does have jolly boys in the set, says Jan. My son has watched that set every night for years. I, of course, paid £200 for it. I know, £49. £49 is on sofa for 26 DVDs. It is good, actually. Very good. And also, I love the one about Rodney going on holiday and he wins the painting competition because they've done a painting, but he's supposed to be uh, 14. And, of course, he's not because he's going out with Cassandra and he's a member of the Groovy Gang. And it's really embarrassing because he's like six foot tall. Some of them were very good. Very, very, very funny. Very funny. OK, listen, short break. Back in a sec. Anybody could use it. Even if... Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Uh, Steve says, uh, Roger, driving a taxi in Caterham. The, Texo ca- the t- sorry, the Tesco cashier was maybe a bit too dim to see the difference between quiche and kirsch. 
And I also got that from Alison. She says, you think she confused the word quiche for kish? I don't know. Here, here's a man who wouldn't even be seen dead buying quiche, I'm afraid. He doesn't even make it. Heavens above. It's Steve Hargrave. No time, no time. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. The right. good news is that uh, Katie Price has got married and uh, in <laughs> Las Vegas. <laughs> I know. Well, it's that, it's, that's a load of rubbish, isn't it? Well, they, they, they've issued um, a statement saying they've been dating for around seven months, so for her it's long-term. And, uh, Whatever. It's a, a million-pound deal for the pictures. In a statement, they say they're very much in love and they deny getting hitched for publicity reasons. <laughs> OK, well, you pick yourself up off the floor and stop laughing. What a sad <laughs> person she is, honestly. That gives me a chuckle in the morning, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does give you a chuckle. You know, I think they're best suited to each other, both as dim as planks, I'm afraid. Both <laughs> as dim as planks. But there you go. As I say, give it about a year and she'll be looking for the divorce again. But though, <laughs> by that time, there'll be another child to add to the uh, the ever-growing brood. They just seem to be collecting them. You know, it's, it's a bit like something... Yeah, perhaps they're starting a football team. I don't know. It's a bizarre old world. It is bizarre, yeah. isn't it, honestly? Thank goodness you've not gone down that cheap skate route, Steve, of sort of, you know, going I, into a reality no. show. Currently not dating uh, any uh, page three ex page three model type thing no. or uh, or getting married. Best, so best not at the boring moment. Boring old me. Boring old. It doesn't matter. It's not boring. It suits you down to the ground. It means that you can you can do what you can. Leave the bathroom door open when you have a shower. You know, it's as <laughs> it's as easy as that. Uh, and we've got music. Two tracks for us uh, for everybody today. We have some tunes. Yes, the first song is by a band called Music Go Music from California. Um, they're play- They're kind of one of these bands. Still- tipped to be a bit more uh, out there this year. They they released their album last year, but they're sort of knocking around this year, very, very much promoting. Um, hence being in uh, in town about two or three times. In fact, I think around about four times supporting other bands over the next week. But they've also got their own gig at Hoxton Bar and Kitchen on Tuesday, and then they're playing it, Yulu, at the next Big Thing Festival on the 11th. Uh, their album's called Expressions, so we'll play a little bit of them, see what people think. Music Go Music, and the song we've got is called Light of Love. There was a time, my love, my heart had grown cold. My arms were reaching out for someone to hold. I thought it was like, well, if that, Jess thought it, it sounded like Abba, I thought it like, sounded like a song from the Rocky Horror Show. <laughs> yes, definitely I liked Abba. it, I liked it. Definitely Abba. It was good. Yeah, yeah. I it. Very good, very nice. Yeah, music, yeah, go bouncing music. Bouncing around. Music, go music, yes. Yeah, like that California. Very good choice there. Not uh, Sweden, California. As long as they actually look attractive, we're all right. If they come from California, they should be attractive. They'll be stun-kissed. Yeah. They will be yeah. blonde hair and 
Yes, Gosh. almost as orange as cake price. <laughs> well, I tell you, she only seems to go out with sort of blokes who look, let's just say, somewhat peculiar. None oh, yeah, of them have looked normal, definitely. have they? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we dragged that back down that yeah, road Yeah, I'm again. sorry we had to go down that road again. Uh, let's play another band from America. Uh, they're from Florida, this band. They're called Surf of Blood. And they're, uh, they've got an album out, just come out, actually called Astro Coast, which is very good. And they're also around this week. Uh, also playing at Hoxton Bar and Kitchen. They've gone there a bit this week. They're playing tonight, though, at Hoxton Bar and Kitchen. They also play at Coco on Friday. And if you don't want to pay to see them, you can see them in Pure Groove on Monday, doing a little free show there. Um, so this is Surf for Blood. We have a song from them called Floating Vibe. They're called a Florida band in town this week, promoting their album Astro Coast. Very nice indeed. We reckon it's upbeat. It's upbeat. It's okay. It's not not as good as music go music. Not as good as the first one. No, okay. not as good as the first one. But then that's just my my humble opinion. I'm afraid. One out of two in there. Exactly. Not as not as interesting as Katie Price. Uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Noel Gallagher. Noel Gallagher's back. Yeah, he's doing his uh, his only solo shows of this year. I think they're saying they'll be. Um, I don't know how I know that already, but there you go. At the uh, Teenage Cancer Trust gigs, which actually the lineup's pretty good yeah, this good. year. I mean, it, it is most years, actually, in fairness. Roger Daltrey arranged these, of course, um, down at Royal Abbott Hall. They've got them Crooked Vultures playing as well. They've got Arctic Monkeys, the Specials, The Who, of course, are playing. And JLS, bizarrely, as well. They've sort of got one day when there's a pop Mm. kind of thing going on, which Roger Dolce said he was very keen to get a different kind of audience along, yeah. um, which is fair enough. Certainly will. February the 17th to the 30th. Tickets for all of those gone on Friday, so you can check all the dates online. Excellent. Robert Plant, who we talked about a short while ago, plays a one-off London benefit gig uh, at you Abbey Road. At Abbey Road. Now, you have to kind of go online and, and bid for this. Right. Um, if, if they haven't already all been snapped up for extortionate prices, so... Uh, I don't think it'll be uh, quite in my range of affordability. He shops uh, in Twickenham. Does he? Yeah. He's a nice guy. Yeah. I, I met him last... When was he around with Alison Krauss and stuff? I, he was very, very funny. Yeah. Um, doesn't need to try anymore. He's Robert Plant. That's okay. Exactly. That's, he's <laughs> just Robert Plant. It's like you're Steve Hargrove. You know, you don't need that to try anymore. That's quite the same ring to it, Steve. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> well, yeah, not me, sadly. It doesn't get me anywhere. Um, anyway, he's playing on February 25th at Abbey Road. Um, we've also got the Haiti fundraiser concert at Roundhouse on February the 25th uh, with Paul Weller, Katie Tunstall were announced this week and playing with C6 Steve, uh, Mr Hudson, Get Cape, Wear Cape, Fly. So that's uh, 
tickets for that through the website, which I think is Haiti Earthquake Fundraiser. Okay. Com. And uh, tonight, um, the one and only at the Half Moon in Putney, that's Chesney Hawk. Chesney Hawk's at the Half Moon in Putney. He turned up on my television the other day. He was one of these uh, airline programmes in Spain. And this woman goes, don't tell me, don't tell me. And he stands there and you think, how embarrassing. And she goes, oh, I know you, I know you. And he goes, yeah. And she says, oh, go on, tell, tell me. who." And he goes, Chesney Hawk. She goes, oh, you can see she goes, oh, no, I didn't think it was you at all. <laughs> So he, he's, he's doing well. a one. His his father, of course, was Chip Hawks from the uh, the Tremolos. Pardon, sorry, who? What? His father was Chip Hawk. Who was oh, in yeah, the Tremolos. yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's funny. I mean, they saved the Half Moon Putney recently, didn't they? So yeah. they saved it for Chesney. I've done there some gigs there. I've done some gigs there. Sadly, no more time, Stevie. So I know it's busy, busy for you at the moment. Yep, yep. Back to stuff. More stuff. Oscar nominations, oh, films, lots of stuff. Well, and good luck, and we will talk next week. We will talk next week. I'll see you then. Okay, be good. Uh, Steve Hargrave leaves the shower door open. Just thought I'd tell you that now, just in case you were interested. And uh, the snow has arrived in Emmerdale, says Brian. At last, we might even have it at the beginning of summer. LBC. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. LBC 97.3, it's 6.30. 25 to 7, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Tell your friends. Don't forget to podcast. Loving you to pieces. And, uh... Uh, I'm afraid we're not doing very worry, uh, do, doing very well. As mm. Alex says, I'm getting very worried about Matthew. He seems to have gone right off the boil. I've been worried about me for years, frankly. I know. He said, you, you need a winner to get some confidence back. Well, I know that. You're, Stating you're... the obvious, isn't it? I know, it? I know. I, I mean, I don't like to kick a man when he's down. Oh, you do. Well, it is true. I know, I, I do. Actually, the funny thing is, I do derive great pleasure through yes, other people's you do. misery. Yes, you do. And the more miserable you are, the happier I become. The more famous they are. Yes, <laughs> yes, well, because you, see, I believed, you derive. I believe that fame is fickle. I do oh, it hate is. people oh, it who is. crave it, and you see them mm. on the television, and I get so angry thinking, why don't you just learn how to do a job and do it properly? Yeah. And that way you'll achieve satisfaction, and you've got a job for life. Mm-hmm. You know, forever, you know, I'll be able to turn, turn my hand to origami. Learn a trade. Learn a trade. Like the good old days. Painting by numbers. Yeah. You know, things like that. Instead of going through school aspiring to be on Big Brother. Yes, I know. And isn't that the most tragic? That's the way that we've become now. Mm. Or even aspiring to pick horses. Well, I wouldn't recommend that to anyone. Dream in blue. It really was a dream, I'm afraid. Fourth Mm. out of seven. So it was, yeah, okay. Lost two pounds. Your total, you're still in profit, though. Three pound, ten pence. Just. Yeah. Via Galilei. Sixth for Alex. So he lost two pounds, but he's still in profit. Twelve pound, ten pence. Mm. We need a winner today, Matthew. I don't like. Well, to I like. I like the sound of this one. I have to say. Okay. Well, he's off to the two forty in Newcastle. At Newcastle, it's water ski. Okay. Well, Newcastle is subject to an inspection at eight o'clock, along with Exeter and Leicester. Um, but there are meetings. We hope going ahead at Kempton and Lingfield. I'm going with the two fifteen at Lingfield. Striker Torres. Stri- striker. It sounds like a footballer, doesn't it? Well, I think it is. Oh, it is a footballer, right? Striker Torres. Fernando Torres. He's a oh, footballer, right. isn't is he? he? Right, if you say you'll, so. You'll ask me which team he plays for next. I won't. Good. <laughs> I wasn't going to embarrass either of us. Good. <laughs> oh, well, I hope it wins. So do I. It'd be nice to have a little bit of money in the bank It tomorrow. would be very nice. Well, wish you a pleasant day. And you, thank you. Thank you. Talk tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Matthew Schofield there. Uh, Roger Foss, who's going to be with us tomorrow, was going to be with us tomorrow. He's not very well, I'm afraid. He's got a rotten cold, which has now turned to bronchitis. And he would do the programme, but he said he sounds like Fenella Fielding. So, uh so anyway he's, he's not coming on he says i had an email from a guy called ed maybury who's a reporter for kuhf radio in houston 
He's a fan of yours and listens to the show when, when I'm on there between 11pm and 1am. So I'm heard in Houston, Texas. Because you do get people around the world who listen into other radio stations. I mean, I'm not an anorak. I know nothing about radio, as you could tell by listening to the programme. But I've, I've never heard other radio stations. Even friends of mine who work in radio, I've never heard their programmes. I've never even heard this one. Someday I'm going to rush home and listen to it and see what it's like. If it's as funny as I think it is, I'm going to stay listening. I'm going to become an LBC podcaster of my own programme. Uh, Nadine says, I've only just found out that you gave Daisy Pulls It Off a lovely plug on your Sunday show. We had cheers and bravos on Saturday. And I'm now the proud claimant that I've been listening to you for over 30 years. It's not possible. I'm only 12. Uh, the news you're waking up to this morning, if you have woken up, this will send you back into a coma again, that uh, Katie Price and Alex Reid have got married in Las Vegas. They've been dating for horrendously long time, seven months, during which time he's dumped her, she's dumped him. But uh, luckily for a, a million... Pa- sorry, nothing to do with the money. They're, they're getting married because they're deeply, deeply in love and they deny getting hitched for publicity reasons. Everything she ever does is for publicity reasons. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be so cynical, but there you go. I'm never wrong, as they say on this programme. Uh, the best way, says Stephen Ilford, to help the, uh, the Tesco checkout assistant avoid the misunderstanding of Kirsch and Kish is to call it by the real name that Grandma used. It's Flan. That's right. Would you like egg and bacon flan? Oh, lovely. We're having quiche. What's that? Is it French? No, we're having... It's flan. It's egg and bacon flan. And now you go out there and they've got goat's cheese tartlets. A tartlet. A tartlet was some little... Well, anyway. Uh, another one here says, Patricia, you've got a very diverse audience. Have we ever? Can you ask your music guy to check out some soul and reggae? That's what I grew up on, soul and reggae. You won't find a bigger reggae fan or somebody who knows more about reggae in this building than me. Well, maybe the people at Choice might know a bit about it, but I, that's what I grew up on, I'm afraid. Uh, Louise says you do a great job. I know. I know. Thank you for all your jokes about Wayne Bridge. We seem to have had quite a number of them. Most of them totally unrepeatable, I'm afraid. Um, Another one here. Uh, I worked on a sound set years ago. Joan Collins and Len Roster were far from Happy Bunnies, making the Cinzano ads. So, Well, do you know, if I'd been making a Cinzano ad, I'd be far from happy doing it. Because every time she got wet. Dreadful. Uh, Steve, I've just left the Clackett Lane services... And a foreign personage offered me designer suits at £200 each. He had them left over from a show. Naturally, I walked off. I was talking about this to Mohammed this morning. I said, I used to get people in Twickenham going, listen, I'm just going back to the airport and I've just been at a clothes show and I've got um, um, some, some leather jackets in the boot. I mean, why you'd ever buy anything off a man with a car? I'm terribly sorry. Ridiculous. I think the burqa should be law, Steve, says Nick. And Jordan should be made to wear it at all times. I know, that would be exciting, wouldn't it? And the funniest thing I've heard on your news, Katie Price has married in a private ceremony in Las Vegas, accompanied by a TV crew. Of course, because everything she does, it's just shameful. Is it seven months? It's seven months. It's just ridiculous. Just ridiculous, I'm afraid. Uh, another one here. It's from Julie, who says, I listen to you all the time, unable to sleep this morning. It's the side effects of chemo for breast cancer. <laughs> That's the trouble. I get a lot of people in, in medica- medicated states. Believe you me, I've done most of my programme in medicated states, so I know exactly how you're feeling. Even my poor friend Paul Cooper is medicated up to the gunnels at the moment and uh, turned up the other day at the shop, but I missed him. It's always the way I miss him. He's got the fruit and veg shop in Twickenham. But the boys and girls down there are doing a good job. Did you used to watch soap, says Laura? Used to love that. Yes, that was the, um, the Tates and the Campbells. I'd love to find out if that's on... On uh, DVD. I must check that out. By the way, when is In Conversation with Sheila Hancock on? That'll be in a couple of weeks. This week, it's going to be Sean Williamson. 
uh, X of EastEnders, and next week, James Wilby. Now, check out James Wilby. He's in the last film that Gene Simmons made. You know, the lovely actress who, who died. It's a super film. It really is. We'll tell you about it on the In Conversation. Plus, he's in... Uh, he's been in quite a few raunchy things, it has to be said, for a married man with four children. He spent a lot of time taking his clothes off on, uh, on, uh, on, and kissing and uh, people. And uh, in fact, we talk about that as well. How he actually had to go out and kiss Rupert Graves in Morris, and he said nothing really prepares you for it because he wasn't the first choice for Morris. I don't want to give too much of the in conversation away, but he he was going to be in the film, but then the uh, the actor who was going to be doing it uh, didn't do it, and so he then got given the role. And the night before, they did the kiss. Because he sort of plays this uh, Edwardian gentleman who doesn't know that he's gay, but he is gay. But he's strangely drawn to Scudder. Scudder is the gardener. And the gardener's obviously what I call a bit of a devious character. It's a case of, oh, hello, sir. I know you like me. And uh, would you like to give me some money afterwards? And he said, we, we went out for an Indian meal to discuss how we were going to do the kiss. He said, and at the end of the meal, he said, we're walking back... He said, and, and we both agreed, listen, why don't we just not think about it, just go for it. And, and hopefully, he said, little did I realise he'd be forcing his tongue down my throat. <laughs> he said, so that's why I get a bit of a look of shock on these things. But a uh, lot of uh, conversation with James Wilby, and that'll be not this week, it'll be next week. Because with Sean Williamson, who was delightful, by the way, absolutely delightful, uh, he's going to be with us this week. And it's on Sunday morning between 7 and 8 and then repeated between 9 and 10 in the evening. That's nice, isn't it? Very nice indeed. So uh, look forward to those. And then uh, in a few weeks we'll have Phil Daniels, who everybody wants to talk to. Tonight at the Eel Pie Club, the highly respected guitarist James Litherland with his band. Uh, he formed the now legendary Coliseum with the late Dickie Hextel Smith. Played with the likes of Long John Baldry and Leo Sayer, one of the top session musicians. Recently recorded two albums with his new band... And, uh, and they're at the Eel Pie Club, which is at the Cabbage Patch, London Road, Twickenham. Doors open 8.30 for a 9.15 start. They're like that, musicians. Tickets for a tenner on the door. Members, eight quid. They've got a website, eelpieclub.com. Eelpieclub.com. OK, so, uh, so good news for everybody there. 16 minutes to seven. Bank forces liquidation of London apartment. <laughs> Ten to seven is at the time. Uh, Barbara says, what a relief... Now that uh, Katie Price's nuptials have uh, gone on, at least until they break up, they won't be making two other people unhappy. A relief for Peter Andre. Now the will-they-won't-they-get-back-together speculation will stop. Oh, absolutely. I mean, put it this way, I mean, seven months she's been going out with something. She's so desperate. That's why it makes me laugh on the front of the Daily Mirror. George Weds, Las Vegas shocker. Tacky woman weds cross-dressing bloke. I mean, really, it couldn't get any worse, could it? At all, I'm afraid. And, um... Steve, it might just be me, but why can I not see a chandelier or a pub bar flap without laughing? This is for, for Jason, uh, David, Jason, David, David, Jason. And of course, all of this is in the Only Fools and Horses stuff, which just makes me laugh. It's just, it was so beautifully written and just so, so funny. And, you th- and at the end, when they, uh, when they actually get uh, the money because they find the lesser watch and they end up with six million pounds. You just feel grateful for them because they, they, they've done it all. They brought themselves up and they've turned out to be nice all the way through. There was one yesterday I was watching and it involved, it was, um, an Indian restaurant scam. They did a couple in an Indian restaurant. One where a bloke pretending to, uh, pretended to, uh, collapse, 
but actually had all the jewellery on him and they got money. And this time it was an Indian guy and another guy who said he owned all these restaurants and they didn't. And they, they got £2,000 out of him. And you just think, some you win, some you lose. And unfortunately, in a lot of uh, poor old Dell boys, they lost a lot. Uh, Dan says, change of plan one, screaming Grace. She's now in bed with me listening to you wrestling for the iPhone. It's what we like, you see. Children wrestling to listen to LBC. I love things like that. Don't forget, tell your friends. And don't forget to, uh, to download. Noreen says, I'm off to see Strictly Come Dancing at Wembley later. Fantastic. Fantastic. And incidentally, did you see Come Dine With Me? After you talking about lemon meringue pie, the dopey woman tried to cook it. Looked awful. Too many egg yolks. She didn't know what a double yolk was. Two yolks. Oh, dear. Uh, June says, you look great on the South Bank show. If you go to YouTube, I checked it out myself the other day. Let's <laughs> have a little look. Um, and uh, if you go to, you just type on YouTube. Um, what did I type in? Um, I typed in, I think, Steve Allen's South Bank show. Perhaps I typed in something. I can't remember what I typed in. LBC Steve Allen. Seems logical. And up come the two that Dawn's put up there. Very, very good, actually. Very, very good. And uh, you get to see me sit. And then halfway through the show, I disappear. Because about an hour from the show to rush back to the car again, which is a shame. Uh, Askew Road, Shepherd's Bush for reggae music. Peckins. Chris has excellent knowledge. My Trojan label fan. I told you I went down to Trojan Records years ago because I, I love, love, love reggae music. I grew up on reggae. Reggae, Tamla Motown, Soul, any of that kind of stuff. Although I've got a very eclectic mix. Some of the stuff that Steve plays I'm not particularly good at. But most of it, I'm, I'm OK. Mind you, you have to in this building. I walk down the corridor, I've got Tchaikovsky coming out of one speaker and I've got something from XFM at the very bottom. I've got all sorts of stuff down there. Uh, Ray says, Kate and Alex, who wore the wedding dress? I know. Apparently he wanted to, but she went, no, I'm marrying a bloke. And I, marrying a bloke. I'm waiting for their first argument over the makeup. <laughs> uh, Alex Reed wanted to be the next uh, James Bond. Well, he just alienated himself from his target audience. This is just a tactic by Jordan to stop him becoming better known than her. She couldn't even let him have his 15 minutes of fame, but he's too stupid to realise it, says Kevin. Ha-ha. <laughs> have you been to the doctors yet? Yes. Got to go. Well, no, I haven't, actually. I've got to go back on Friday so that Janet will then sort of pillory me and sort of shout at me and everything else. I don't know. what I, I went to my chemist yesterday. Uh, and and I was I was talking to my lovely pharmacist about whether or not I can um, have one sort of insulin at night, slow release, and then uh, a quick release insulin in the morning. And so I'm hoping for that one because I rely very much on what good say. They've got one of their big jars in the window. You know these big jars you used to get in the chemist, which are beautiful. And then you fill them with coloured liquid, red or blue. I used to love those. And they've got one there, which I think they're waiting to fill up. Looks delightful. Nick Ferrari this morning after seven. Yasmin Khan is the paper reviewer, so she'll be going through. They're talking about £25,000 a day to protect the safety of Perez Musharraf. Shouldn't the former Pakistani Prime Minister pay for his own protection if he wants to live in this country? And members of a notorious London street gang are being sent on an activities course in the country to break their ties with crime. Will this tackle gang violence or simply reward bad behaviour? Might as well give them a, a reality show, I suppose. And uh, why do men get depressed about different things... To women. I don't know. What sort of things do you get depressed about, Jess? You get depressed about different things to me? If she, if she loses a shoe, she gets... What do you say? I'm, I wouldn't get depressed about that. I might get a bit sort of iffy, and I do lose things on a regular basis. But I don't get, I don't get depressed about anything. I tell you what I get depressed about. I walk to the end of this road here, and I see the 176 bus going past. And that upsets me, because I think, if I'd been 30 seconds quicker, I could have caught that bus. And then you stand there, and then you think... Perhaps I'll start walking. Just you start walking, the bus sails past again, and you think, I'm not having this. 
It annoys me. That's what I, that's what I get annoyed about, I'm afraid. Uh, not, uh, not too good, I'm afraid. Uh, another one here, very quickly. Just sort of weave in as many as we can before the end of the programme. Daily Mirror, my affair with JT Girl, pardon me, by Lee of Steps. I'm thinking of selling my own story. My affair with nobody by Steve Allen, age 13 and three quarters. And uh, JT Girl's flings with five Chelsea stars. And they've named them on the front of The Sun this morning. Uh, Madonna and her toy boy lover have parted after running out of things to talk about. That's the problem, isn't it? You go up with somebody too young and they've got nothing to talk about. You've got to go up with somebody a bit older. And the older you are, the more you've got to talk about because you've got experience of life. I couldn't actually have a conversation with Danny Minogue because I, I don't think we'd have anything in common at all. But she's saying she might not... Um, she might not be back on X Factor because she's going to have the baby and that might be a little bit difficult. 2010 Academy Awards, the hot list... We could be there. Best Picture, Avatar. There's a whole load of things here. Best Actor, George Clooney, Colin Firth, Morgan Freeman, Jeremy Renner and Jeff Bridges. I'm hoping that Colin Firth gets it. Best Actress, Helen Mirren. Everybody likes Helen Mirren, don't they? Meryl Streep, Sandra Bullock. Best Supporting Actor, it's, uh, Christopher Plummer. It'd be nice to see him get something. Woody Harrelson, Matt Damon and Christopher Waltz. I haven't seen Invictus. I'd like to see it. It went on the LBC Film Club, so that would be very, very good indeed. Jane Moore. It's talking about Alicia Duval and these people who come out the woodwork to talk about people they've slept with and we are like-minded. And uh, Mandy is going out. This is Lord Mandelson running for Parliament. He tries to get fit before the election. You'd think he has a, a personal trainer. I bet he does. You'd think, actually, these people would want to stay at home, wouldn't you, and sort of do it in their own private gym. Uh, Prince Harry's grief. His uh, pal, Corporal Liam Riley, was killed. And uh, Prince, Harry. do you know I warm to Prince Harry immensely? I think he's a very personable person. He just, he just seems to work very well. And also banned the taxi drivers who say we speak English. Just one of the many stories that the Daily Express is bidding you today. And they've got the first picture of John Terry's cheated wife in Dubai yesterday. So they flew out there and took pictures. Uh, tell your friends it's LBC ninety-seven point three. We love having your company. We love your contributions to the programmes. I'm back with you tomorrow morning between 5 and 7. You can podcast. And St Andrew of Highgate, he says, lonely this morning? What is that? Brave, though. About to enter the Gospel Oak Lido. Two degrees. You wouldn't catch me swimming at this time of the morning. Dreadful. Listen, back with you tomorrow morning. Don't forget to podcast. Nick's with you after the news at 7 o'clock here on 97.3. But first, the business update with Matthew Schofield. Thanks, Steve. The Nationwide says consumers